Hello, I'm Sarah Khan and welcome to Backing Brilliant Business, a series by Radio Centre. They're the people helping businesses of all sizes grow with great radio advertising. In this series, I will talk to guests who want to share their own unique expertise and experience to help you with your business. From marketing experts who have reshaped how we see a brand in the marketplace, to entrepreneurs who've started at the bottom and are now at the top of their field. Each episode, we'll look through our guest CV to discover the most rewarding and most challenging aspects of their career so far. And we discover their three key lessons in business, the learnings, advice and practices that they want to share to help you be better at whatever it is you do. In this episode, we're joined by Nick Hulley. Nick Hulley is the Chief Creative Officer of AMV BBDO. With over 20 years experience in advertising, Nick has become an industry leader responsible for genre bending, culture shaping work that has led AMV BBDO to become the number one ranked agency in the world. Today, he joins us to talk about his chosen theme, maximizing creativity in work and shares three lessons that will help with your business. Nick, it is so lovely to have you. So this is a really cool, easy chat. So relax. You're not going to be put on the spot. I'm not, you're not in a boardroom where I'm going to point my finger at you. (laughs) But I do want you to think of me as a good looking version of Lord Sugar, who's just going to go through your life CV and just pick up those really crucial moments that make you who you are, that, you know, where there there was some luck, perhaps, you know, some significant things that sort of happened to you that made you go into a different direction because that's what I think people listening to this uh, podcast are looking for so Nick just tell us a little bit about your background where were you born how were you brought up and and, and you know what are your kind of values in life and and, and where did it all come from all the, all this creativity that you have I don't know about where it came from but I can give you a, a quick brief tour So I'm originally from South Africa. I was born in Cape Town. I grew up there, spent the first 18 years of my life there. It was obviously a very interesting childhood because it was in the shadow of the end of apartheid and into the the transition to the new South Africa. It would be impossible for that not to have influenced how you view the world and how you experience the world because it was a strange uh, society to, to grow up. And of course, you know, from my my side of the the spectrum, I, I grew up in a in a middle class experience of that. So I expre- I experienced it from the perspective of privilege. But I was within that privilege. I was obviously quite lucky to have had parents who fought um, and participated against that system. So you are given two very strange tools from that upbringing the one is inside a system that is presented to you as normal to have the guides of your parents who are saying this is anything but normal this is this is really wrong gives you a a very interesting perspective on what to question in life and what to accept in life and what is presented as normal but is anything from normal you know the other perspective is to have a have a dream and have an optimism that as bad as things are they can always be better and then to to experience that and to go through that transition when I was about 
you know, 18, 19, 19, so just when you're starting to enter the workforce, when you are starting to become an adult and get to have that in a society that has suddenly become a lot more open. It was a very um, interesting childhood. Yeah, and it would have really, well, it would have really shaped your thought process and the way that you view the world. Um, let's talk about your creativity then, because that's what you've spent most of your life and are currently doing now. Where did that come from? And how did you realize, hold on, this is actually a skill that I have. Um, and, and how do you utilize it? I mean, I was always surrounded by books and I was surrounded by that um, inquisitivity, uh, and, uh, you know, very curious um, upbringing. My, my parents were always pushing us to be curious and ask questions. But I, my focus was probably more on, um, on writing, on being, expressing myself with words probably married to a, a political upbringing as in being in, in, in a very political society. I, the first expression of that creativity of wanting to work, um, you know, earn a living, writing was in journalism. I think that's where I first, I, I'd studied journalism, I'd studied politics. I'd sort of left behind a little bit of the art, art, artistry or art, artistic behavior, um, endeavors and, and went into try my luck at journalism. But it was a quite a it was quite a disappointing first job because I think I I dreamt of being uh, you know Watergate and breaking all these big major stories. But the first job I had was for a community newspaper, so it was about um, you know pot plants on people's sidewalks or you know neighbourly disputes. It was very mundane. <laughs> So you went on to obviously get into advertising. I guess you're really proud now when, you know, your work is talked about. Does that give you pride when people, you know, you hear people talking about an advert or, you know, a visual that they've seen and you're like, yeah, I did that. Very, very much. I mean, I, I very much, so, clearly very much so. I think in advertising, so much of what we do is it's sort of operating on that, that level where it is going into people's heads, but they're not necessarily taking instant recognition of it. So it, it can feel sometimes like nobody really cares what you're doing. And so then when it does break through and you have a, a, a something that is kind of making its mark in culture, it can be satisfying. And we are a very insular industry. So people we talk about our own work, we recognize each other's work and it's hard for it to, um, to get up of that bubble so when it does you know that you have made something it's a special feeling fantastic i think for me as a woman uh as a mother as well the the, the advert that really kind of i just thought wow was obviously the body form advert uh where you showed period blood for the first time in the tv ad now i can imagine that you were thinking of the end game, like it's important, we have to talk about it, and my clients have got to do it. But getting that idea off the table, I can't imagine that was done in a day. I mean, what were the challenges of getting such an important message out there? Well, it, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah, I can answer. imagine. But it was, it, it was a lot because our own industry you know, obviously it had perpetuated so many of the taboos with the blue liquid and the rollerblading and, and frolicking on the beach. But it was all part of obviously a much bigger societal taboo. So 
even when the industry, the advertising industry had realized, was beginning to realize that this was a sort of a ridiculous, the taboo was so strong that it was still being phrased in terms of self-confidence, that, that, that people saying, oh, well, you know what happens at 12 and 13, girls suffer this sort of catastrophic loss of confidence, et cetera, et cetera. And then they started talking about, you must, you must give women, young women their confidence back. This is still a euphemism. We're our uh, period brand. We sell period products and we're talking about confidence. What, why aren't we talking about the actual thing? And that's when you realize that the taboo is so pervasive that it won't even allow you to talk about it. And you would talk about it in, in, a, in a lateral way and, st and still think you were being groundbreaking. So for us, we didn't quite appreciate how pervasive it was. So we thought we're moving in the right direction. We, the world is probably ready to ditch the blue liquid, to show period blood and just treat this with, for the normality that it is. What a lovely thing to work on. Amazing. I always ask my guests to come to the table and talk about a theme. And uh, your theme is maximizing creativity in work. Obviously, not everybody works in advertising. Can people maximize creativity in any work they do? Well, not only am I obliged, so I wouldn't be able to say anything else, but I 100% believe that that is true. Humans are fundamentally first and foremost storytellers. That's how we engage with each other. It's it's all it's all there. Our, our ability to, to cooperate by telling each other stories is how we exist. And everything we know about storytelling shows us that we're not rational beings. We are emotional beings. We engage, we're persuaded, we move to action through emotion. So on the execution level, infusing anything you say with story will just make you more effective. You're, you're giving a, a report on assets and opportunities. You can have a graph and with all the figures, or you could you can turn it into a story that you're on the, you know, you, you're on the hunt for, for a big thing of gold. There is a way to turn it into those stories of courage and those stories of a quest or a, a setback and a triumph. Every way we can communicate can be done in an emotional storytelling way. And, and it's, it's applicable to everybody. And then on a deep, on the highest level, creativity is, is problem solving. It is just, it's, it, that's what it, what it is, it's a set of a set of challenges, a set of conundrums, a set of contradictions, or whatever, and and it's taking a, a lateral leap to come up with another way around around the problem. This podcast is brought to you by Radio Centre, who are helping businesses across the UK grow with radio advertising. Head to radiocentre.org forward slash business to discover how radio can boost your company's performance. Find out how the radio process works. Hear from businesses who've found success with audio advertising, access free training and even search for and be linked with stations in your area. You can find out all that and more at radiocentre.org forward slash business. You already picked up on this. Uh, lesson number one that you want to share with our audience listening today is humans are not rational. Why do we need to understand that lesson? 
we need to understand that lesson because we will always try to persuade ourselves that we are rational, that we make logical decisions. And if I just am given the evidence and that it will all add up and it will, you know, that would be the right answer. But it, we're not. That's not how we make our decisions. And every, it's not, I'm certainly not the, um, I haven't, you know, it's what we all know. We are irrational. We are emo, um, emotional creatures. We make, we are persuaded emotionally and so it's therefore the people who can make the best emotional arguments you can touch people emotionally leave them feeling something leave them feeling awe or joy or all of those emotions when you when you reach that that's when you are making the most compelling case and in terms of business that is a it's just a great business case and if you move people emotionally because that's how we operate. That's how our brains operate. We're not rational creatures who can just be bullied into accepting an argument just based on facts. That's right. Exactly. Um, lesson number two, uh, I like this. This is things that people talk about in business anyway, but not taking risks is the biggest risk. You need to stand out. What are some of the risks that you've taken and why is this lesson important? There is a couple of, I mean, there is obviously a number of ways into that, that lesson. In the context of advertising, we, you know, we are, it's harder to pay people to, to listen to you. You know, it's, we're not in that orderly, there's only two channels or three channels to, to choose from. And then you sit and you wait for your programming. And because you're already there, we, you know, we can slot in adver- adverts and you will, you will watch them and engage with them. And then you move on to the other programming. It's a, it's a free for all of people are able to choose the content that they that they want so it's harder to so it's becoming harder to force people to watch something and it's becoming a very expensive exercise to put something out there that people are not going to react to respond to or engage with that becomes quite a risky use of your money. So, you know, you're up against so much attention for your eyeballs, for your engagement, for what what can just take your attention. You, you need to rise to that occasion and you need to be entertaining or you need to be compelling. You need to, to cut through. And that, and that inevitably takes risks in communication because you've got to find something a bit fresh you've got to find something memorable you can't just rely on the cliches or the the tired old things and of, and of course there is for every argument there's a counter argument there are some things that you don't mess with in terms of of advertising but um that's it it's 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 too much of a risk to be boring and and wallpaper yeah yeah lesson number three you just say radical empathy communicating with people creating things that people are going to be engaged with it's empathy right because it's it's trying to understand what motivates people what moves people what people need what they think they need but actually what they will think they want but what they need it's you need to be a bit radical about it because there are so many topics and there are lots of people thinking on and we are everybody's got time you know we've got to move at a, at a pace it's easy to practice a certain surface level empathy or think that you are acting thinking on behalf and and being empathetic but it's the radical to go deep and to really examine to put that sort of soul into data when you're asking all those questions ability to go deep and really try and understand people and all the wonderful diversity and all the things 
that unlocks creativity. Mm. The, so, the problem, but the problem you have though, I'm just trying to think about brands and businesses here. You can't please everyone. That's why you you have this term target market because your advert's not going to please everyone. Do you have to have a target market? Every brief will tell you what the you know typically will tell you what what the what the target market is, what who you are attempting to to talk to, and you can be and your job is to be outstandingly meaningful to to that to that group of people. There are obviously some brands you know they, and you know they fabric of the nation brands or how you describe them where you are your your audience is super super broad. Uh, it's encompassing everybody but then it's been my experience that people aren't as different as we like to to pretend so there are always powerful universal principles and universal beliefs and universal experiences that you can still feel people and make it and make a connection but so yes it's it works it works when that's super tight it's probably quite exciting for creators when you have a very tight um target audience because you can yeah you can be a, a more targeted but but broad is good as well we we are we are all human beings we all share the same hopes and fears and dreams it's just finding the the fresh ways and that empathy of what what is happening in the moment what is the mood exactly well nick it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you you started off with your theme which is about maximizing creativity in work you believe that regardless of your work you know people have the ability to be creative uh, you talk about humans lesson number one was humans are not rational and therefore you talk about storytelling and connecting to feelings and emotions how to you know win people over and get their attention uh, lesson number two not taking risks is the biggest risk you need to stand out and especially in today's world taking a risk sometimes helps you to stand out and and change the narrative and also you know if you don't you're just going to kind of stand still and probably end up being quite bland which is the worst thing and finally lesson number three having radical empathy it's about really understanding what motivates or a certain product and, and how you can actually empathize with the audience who are being told this story because once you can connect to the empathy then that then you've connected to the emotion an amazing chat with you nick i really thank you for your time but before you go unfortunately i am going to have to put you on the spot because this is a podcast sponsored by uh, radio center so i know you're a creative guy but are you a musical guy because i'd like you to put those lessons in a rap in a song in whichever way that you want so whatever you want could you please you know, sing me a little jingle so that, that the audience here, when they're kind of going about their daily life, they can just hum it or whistle it to, to remind themselves of the importance of creativity. There is no amount of alcohol in the world ah! that can make me sing karaoke. I'm, it's like, it's alcohol proof, my shame at um, at singing. There's nothing that will make me sing. Uh, well, you can wrap yeah. it. <laughs> You know, on my on my little um, little crib sheet here, and they've put before we go. Sarah asks a guest if you had to put your radio jingle out there, what would it be? Nick's answer: Kiss, kiss, kiss. 
That's what I've got down here. It's like, there's no answer. It's just like three kisses. <laughs> <laughs> I would have the, the, the start of the lyrics would be any um, creative endeavor, any sort of attempt to be creative. There's beset with problems. There's the wrong timing. You don't always have the right idea. So you always have to be resilient. So it's a message of resilience. And it comes from my father. And I thought, always thought it was a catchy phrase. And quite a memorable phrase. So I would say, I'll be the lyricist and I'll, the lyrics for a jingle of You Can't Squeeze a Banana Ripe. I love it. You can't squeeze a banana ripe. I'm telling you, that could be a number one hit if you could just finish off that whole song. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> you can't squeeze a banana ripe. Absolutely love it. I, I'd remember that jingle. I'd remember it. Thank you so much for being a brilliant sport and for sharing your stories and wise words. And uh, I think they would have, you know, brought a lot of inspiration to, to, to many people listening today. So thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Well, that's been the Backing Brilliant Business podcast with me, Syra Khan, and I really hope you've enjoyed the many words of wisdom that came from our chat. There'll be more amazing guests to come in the series with plenty of business lessons to be learned. So please subscribe and leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to follow Radio Centre across all of their socials on Instagram at Radio Centre underscore UK and on Twitter at Radio Centre. The Backing Brilliant Business series was produced by Audio Always for Radio Centre and co-created by Eardrum. Visit radiocentre.org forward slash business for more information.